Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Isaac. Y'all could take a seat. Hello. Hi, everyone. I'm just trying to see you all. Hello. Oh, you're good looking. That's good. That's good. I mean, I wouldn't say anything otherwise. It's so good to be here with you all. And um, I know God's uh, got plans for you here in this room. And I know over the next 40 minutes that the Holy Spirit wants to do ministry in you. And so just for five seconds, would you just close your eyes? And I'm asking you to close your eyes so you can eliminate just any distraction. Just close your eyes. And would you just once again, I know, I know we've had session after session of the Holy Spirit moving, but we're not done yet. God's not done yet, there's still more. And so would you just in your seat, would you just begin to just say, God, I'm open, I'm open for you to speak. God, I'm open for you to minister. God, I give you access. God, if there's anything in me that you need to heal, that you need to cut off, that you need to remove, God, I give you access. In Jesus' name, amen. I've um, been a part of Equippers Church for 18 years now. It is my home. It is where I learned love. It's where I learned worship. It's where I learned leadership. It's where I learned purpose. It's where I learned friendship. Uh, it's where I learned how to forgive. Um, and I love, I love the body of Christ. And I've never been one of those people that dreamed of being a pastor. I was the person that mocked pastors. Like, wow, what a stink job. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> how funny is the Lord? Um, that is my job now. And uh, as I was that person. Uh, this is not something that I, I like asked for or dreamed about. And if that's what you have been asking God for, that, that's what is on your heart. You believe you've been called to minister. I say more power to you. That's awesome. Um, my journey was I was more of a reluctant leader than anything else. Um, but what, I, what I've always been convinced of is this. I've always been convinced that I want to be a part of whatever God is doing. From the moment that I met God, I've always been convinced that whatever God, God, whatever you're doing, I wanna be a part of. So I was called to serve in youth for many years. And I, youth, are there any, the wildest here? Yes! Oh, I love young people. Um, and then, you know, I've always served on our worship team for as long as I can remember. That's a lie. I've served on our worship team since I was 14. I can remember past that. Um, I've served on our worship team for that long. And so when uh, Pastor Isaac and Pastor Sam said, would you lead the team? Um, I, I, it wasn't a matter of, oh, can I lead the team or not? It was simply a matter of, do I wanna be a part of what God is doing? Sure, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, let's go, let's do this. And one of the things that I also get to be a part of is this thing called the Revolution Tour. And I love the Revolution Tour. I love the Revolution Tour because it means that I get to go into environments that are not church environments. And I get to preach the gospel creatively. 
without saying Jesus. And one of the most challenging things about that, or there's two very challenging things. First of all, the Revolution Tour is about ministering to young people. And if you've ever had to minister or been a youth leader to young people, young people have a really good crapometer. So when you stand in front of young people and you're not the real deal, they'll be able to tell straight away. Straight, and then they'll just stop listening. And so I've been a part of the Revolution Tour for the last 14, I think, years that it's been going. And I love that because young people will always keep you straight. <laughs> They'll be able to tell when you're, not, when you're not being for real, when you're not being authentic. And so I love that about the Revolution Tour, but I also love, I love being able to embrace the broken with no agenda. With no agenda but to love. I love being able to come into contact with hopelessness and to leave hope there. I love being able, I love being able to stand and to use whatever tool I have at my disposal to preach hope and love and you can make it and you can do it and don't you give up. And, and, and you, can, you can live another day, you can live another month, you can do another year, you're not alone. It is one of my favourite things to be able to minister with no agenda. And for those of us who are a part of worship teams, sometimes I think it's far too easy to have an agenda. It's far too easy to try and get people across the line of, of I, I, I want them to be saved and that's a good motivation but you're not the Saviour. That's Jesus. Our job has always been to love and only love. That's our job. It's not to sing songs or be creative. Don't, you know, don't hate on me. I know this is the creative session. But me... For, for me, creativity has only ever been a tool to enable me to love better. And that's where it should be. We should not gather because we are creative. We should gather because within us, we have tools that can help us express a part of God that other people have not yet seen, have not yet heard, have not yet felt, that they might not find in the four walls of church. And one of the things that I, another thing that I love about Revolution Tour is it reminds me that we just don't have time. We don't have time. We don't have time to be caught up in our selfish thinking. We don't have time. Young people are literally dying. They are giving up. We don't have time to be messing around, holding on to fear, messing around, holding on to insecurity, to anxiety. We are the people of God. We know hope. We know love. We know an assurance of eternity. We don't have time to hold that to ourselves. That's what I've learned being a part of this movement of people, there are the broken and the lost who don't know Jesus. 
And sometimes our greatest concern is four songs and a worship service. Come on. Like this stuff we just gotta do, right? And we gotta execute that with excellence and we know the anointing of God falls and people's lives change, but that's not it. That's not all of it. Because He came for people. And so for this session, I really feel like God would like to change up some of the way you think, some of the way you function, some of the way you feel, and we have to. We absolutely have to. We've gotta change the way we react to some situations. We've gotta change the way that we deal with issues because too many times we find ourselves stuck in between the lines of limited thinking and limited people and limited ideas and limited approaches and everything is limited and it's all stuck between these hard lines But if God can just change up the way that we think, the way that we dream, the way that we approach things, who knows what might be released when we say, let there be. Let there be God. Let there be light. Let there be hope. Let there be restoration. Let there be change in a nation. God, let there be growth. Let there be change. Let there be shift. Imagine what would happen. And so I believe today God's gonna break some barriers. Hey, it's exciting. And I'm not trying to be cliche, but I am gonna preach from the Word of God and from the book of Esther. I actually don't do it that often. I've done it twice in my whole life. And so if you have your Bibles, just go to the book of Esther. And I wasn't gonna preach this, but today God changed it up. And so I'm so excited. That's why I'm so expectant of what He wants to do in your heart. I'm so expectant. And so today, as you turn to Esther, if you don't know the context of the situation going on, as we know that there is a king and a queen that's ruling over the land. And as the story progresses, we begin to understand that there is a nation. It is the nation of the Jews who have, there's there's been a decree that they are to be completely annihilated. So there's a big problem. There's a whole generation, a whole country, a whole nation of people who literally there's been a policy that has been stated in that nation. It's genocide, that they will die. Now, if we just wanna just superimpose that, there has been an assignment. That's what I'm talking about. There's been an assignment on this generation to completely annihilate it. But God has a plan. And everyone look at me. That plan is you. For some of you guys, you got you're like, yes, I always knew it. I always knew I was a superhero. For others, you're like, dang, I hope God has a plan B. But what I love is that God set something in motion before that policy to annihilate a generation ever existed. 
that's the book of Esther. That even though he, he, God knew, God knew that there was gonna be his, his chosen people were going to be threatened with death. And he set in motion before that threat ever existed, a plan. And that plan was to take an orphan and make her a queen. And today, I believe for you creative people or people here who want to be creative or people here who think this is the leadership elective, whoever you are, I believe today and in this moment that God is calling you out of a previous season and into one of new authority in Jesus' name. And that's what we're gonna do today, yeah? Turn in your Bibles. Turn in your Bibles to Esther and chapter one and verse 12. Verse 12, we know this, there was a queen who was already in power. Her name was Queen Vashti. Verse 12 says, but when they conveyed the, the king's order to Queen Vashti, she refused to come. This made the king furious and he burned with anger. And here's just what I wanna say. In this story, simply the king at the time called for the queen to come and she refused. In Jesus' name, the king is calling your name. And so we don't even know sometimes that we refuse. And the refusal can be anything from outright rebellion to what God is saying to us, to a simple hesitation because I'm just not sure that God has actually called me. I don't know what were her reasons, but this is what I heard God say today, that God is now dethroning the season that you used to be in because there is a new season here now. And that season is a season of authority. It's a season of abundance. It's a season of an anointing. It's a season where God has created a place for you to rule and reign, to be fruitful, to multiply and to increase. And so in Jesus' Name, I wanna say, and just prophetically, there are some people here where you've been doing the stuff that you've always been doing and it's not quite working like it used to. You've been praying the same prayers and they're not quite breaking through like it used to. You've been giving God the same worship, but it's not quite shifting things like it used to. And I wanna say this, it might have served you in a previous season, but that was the orphan's house. Now you are in the palace. You worship different. You talk different. You walk different. You wear clothes different. You hold your head up high. All of a sudden, the words that come out of your mouth have a little bit more weight because what you say now shifts nation. People talk about, I'm just keeping it real about life. Shut up. <laughs> what is that? I'm just keeping it real. No, you're not. You're keeping it limited. You're keeping it offended. You're keeping it broken. You're keeping it orphan-like. That's, that's not keeping it real. That's, you can take your real, I'll have my truth any day. 
I'll have the truth that I'm called, that I'm chosen. I'll have the truth that God reigns no matter whatever the season. I'll have the truth that I'm called to bear fruit in every season. So bring on winter, I bear fruit. Bring on summer, I bear fruit. Bring on autumn, I bear fruit. No matter what season of life, the external doesn't determine what goes on in me. Okay, good times. So, I really do believe that God has called you to a place where you rule and where you reign, but you have to move into the palace. You've got to move from where you used to be, and now you need to move into a new place of authority. You don't live in the same house that you used to. You cannot take on a crown of authority while wearing the rags of an orphan. You cannot rule a nation with a signet ring of authority while you are still a slave. It just doesn't work. The way you used to think, can't think like that anymore. The way you used to function, no. It's time to move into the palace. Why? Because you gotta be now in an environment that's greater than your past. That's the only way we learn. We must leave it behind and you've now got to move into an environment that's greater than where you used to be. One of the, one of the biggest shifts that ever happened in my life and for a Pacific Island female, this is a hard shift. It's probably a hard shift for everyone but for Pacific Islanders, family is everything, everything. Our worlds revolve around our family. And I got saved when I was 14 and I chose at about 15 years old that I would leave my mother's church and I would make this church, Equipper's Church, my home. And for my culture, that is the equivalent of spitting in my mother's face. That is the equivalent of, of saying, I am completely ungrateful for the way that you have raised me and taken care of me. And I remember this moment where I had this conversation with my mom. And I said to my mom that I was now gonna move and I was gonna make Equipper's Church my home. And I remember watching my mum's heart break in front of my eyes. And I remember anger. I remember this conversation, but there was something in me. There was something in me that was calling me out calling me out from a place that was limited, that was small, to a place that was larger, that was greater than anything I could think or dream or imagine. And as I left that place, I just had to trust that my mom and that our relationship was gonna be okay. And then I remember walking into this church with people that look like you, right? I grew up in a traditional Islander church, 
So me walking into church and seeing people dress like you, it would offend me. Where's your church clothes? Where's your shiny shoes? Your ironed collared shirt? And I remember walking in and I had a group of friends, friends who were in youth. They weren't really friends. They were just young people my age. And I remember praise and worship, music, music was my favorite part of the service. And I remember in the foyer hearing the music start and I said to them, can we go? I like, church is starting, can we go inside the service? And they looked at me and they rolled their eyes at me and they flipped their hair and they said to me, no Esther, we're not going into the service. We're waiting for all of our friends to get here because we're loyal. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst person ever. And then I remember standing there and I was maybe 15 at the time. And I remember saying, okay, um, well, I'm gonna go into the service because I am loyal to God. And then I walked, yeah, you clap now. I was 15. That sounds like a really awesome moment, but you know what happened? I went inside that service and I sat by myself. And then I turned around in the service and saw all of the girls sitting there and like looking at me like, mm, yeah, how you, how you doing? And I remember sitting there like, just like, oh, this sucks. God. But I also remember sitting there just thinking, seeing this God. <laughs> like, you better reward me for this. <laughs> like, do you see my obedience right now? <laughs> Why do I share those? You know, they're silly little examples or they're, they're examples, but I share those because those are the equivalents of moving out of an orphanage and moving into the palace. That's what it's like when you leave people's opinions behind and the only opinion that matters is that of your king. Where you leave culture and tradition and expectations that people put on you, you leave those behind. And sometimes those involve the people that are closest to you. But you leave, you, you, you leave those expectations behind. Those things don't dictate your path anymore. And now I am walking to the palace and there's a new way. There's another way of living life. It's different. I never imagined like this. So here's what we're going to do. What's the time? Yeah, here's what we're gonna do. If you're here today and you're saying, you know what, I... I know that God's calling me to a new place of authority. I know, I know, I know that it's time now for me to leave some things behind and to now walk forward into the palace and take on that which God has for me. Could be a city, could be a workplace, could be a nation, could be a business, could be songwriting, could be an album, could be an industry, could be a mountain of influence, whatever it is. But you're saying, yeah, this is a, like a new level of authority. I know, I, I just believe in this moment, God wants to crown you. God wants to crown you with that authority. If, if you'd be brave, if you'd be daring, just get up, 
you got come come down, come meet me down here, meet me down here. Yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on. Keep walking, keep walking, keep coming. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Heck yeah, mate. New level of authority in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for new realms of influence. Influence he never thought possible. Not just where your feet are now, but wherever your feet will go, God will give you influence there in those areas. And your problem will not be, will I have influence? Your problem will be, how do I spread myself across all of these different arenas? Your problem will be that kind of capacity. That will be the complexity that you will have to deal with. And today, God crowns you in Jesus' name. So I silence the past in Jesus' name. You are a man to rule many realms, many industries, many spaces, not just one in Jesus' name. New locations, new territories, new kingdoms. Your God crowns you go forward, Son of God. Come on, lift your hands, lift your hands. If, if you haven't responded and you're a leader, Haramai, come, come lay hands, come lay hands. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just close your eyes and lift your hands? Thank you, Jesus, for new authority. Thank you for new anointing. Thank you for the leaving behind, the leaving behind, the leaving behind of that which has been dethroned. Thank you, God, for the past. Thank you for the lessons. Thank you for the experience. Thank you for the failures. Thank you for the success. But now, God, there's a new space. There's new territory. Would you just confess as you are standing here responding that, God, I move into the palace. God, I move into the level of authority you have called me to. God, I move forward. I am your daughter. I am your son. I am called my past does not define me. That chapter is over. That chapter is over in Jesus' name. And you're writing a new one, God. You're writing a new one, a new story, new characters, new royalty, new robes, new clothing, new language, new function, new innovation, new ideas, new words in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I declare it in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. It's a season of power and prosperity. It's a new season. Confess it today. Said it's a new season, and it's a new day. A
Would you confess it? I am in a new season. Come on, can you confess it? Can you let that those words come out of your mouth? It's a new season, God. It is a new day. It is a new day. You have dethroned the past. You've dethroned the old. And now I'm walking into a new authority. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. I, I, I still got time, so I'm gonna use it all. So this queen moves into a palace. You can stay up the front or go back to your seats or take a seat, you know, do your thing, do your thing. And here's, here's, uh, here's another area where I believe God wants to minister. In Esther chapter two and verse 12, it's gonna come up on the screen. Before each woman was taken to the king, she was given the prescribed 12 months of beauty treatment. Isn't that fantastic? For girls like, yes. Isn't it crazy that the preparation for becoming queen was 12 months of treatments? Isn't that cool? And then it was followed by 12 months, sorry, six months uh, of the oil of myrrh and six months of special perfumes and ointments. Do you know what myrrh was used for? It was used to clean and heal wounds. Myrrh was used to clean out toxins to prevent further infection. So before you got the special treatment, it's been six months of cleaning toxins out of you. Six months of cleaning and cleansing and cutting off and, and taking out a previous season before you were ready for another season. There was this process that occurred and for some of you, I just wanna encourage you that God is the God who is faithful and sometimes God moves you quick and then sometimes a process is necessary where there's, time where the toxins have to be cleaned out of you to prevent further infection from the lies you used to believe, to prevent further infection, to prevent the further infection of the negative thinking that would not be acceptable from that who is royal and who rules the nation. And that treatment needs to occur. And then there's a section of treatment that is teaching you the new language, that's teaching you the new way of thinking. But before ruling and reigning came, this rest had to occur. And for some of you, you are you're not just tired, you are weary. You're exhausted. But there's a space now where I believe God wants to teach you rest, rest, rest. One creative person who's the only drummer in your church, so you're on 365 Sundays, right? Even though there are only 52, but it feels like that right? 
you're on every Sunday or creative pastor here who leads worship, leads the service, leads youth and young adults as well. Any, any space, any gap you lead and there's a, there's a tiredness, there's an exhaustion. But I just believe in this moment, there's a moment of just divine rest. Rest. This afternoon that you might go back to your accommodation and oh, will you sleep? But you will wake up for tonight. <laughs> Be here nice and early. But come on, if that's you, if you're feeling a bit weary, come on. There's a moment now of rest. Would you just lift your hands and receive some rest? Receive some refreshing. Would you just say, God, I receive. I just receive your rest. I lean on you, Jesus. I lean on your power. I don't wanna strive anymore in my own strength, but I rest, I rest, I rest in you. In Jesus' name, I rest in you. Come on, vocalist, I rest in you. Come on, media person, I rest in God. You know, what was great about the way Esther rested is that she didn't come up with her own way of resting. Her rest was guided by someone who knew how to rest. There is wisdom and learning from someone who knows how to rest. Do you know how many people tell me I should slow down because I'm pregnant? I say, um, you should probably learn how to rest, I'm good. <laughs> the past two years have taught me how to protect rest, how to work for six days, six days, six days, work, work. Work hard, use every hour, use every second. Work hard and one day you rest. You don't rest, hear my heart, your fault. I hope you can take that encouragement. I didn't make that up, that's old school. 10 commandments, do not murder, don't steal another man's wife, don't, don't forget the Sabbath. Same deal, rest. Come on, lift your hands, rest. Some of you guys need to repent because you're like, oops. Yeah, repent, repent, repent. Come on, say, God, I repent. Teach me how to rest. Teach me how to rest, God. Teach me how to take that day. Teach me how to take that Sabbath. Teach me, God, teach me, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. You can lower your hands. If you, if you could, just quickly take a seat. I have three more minutes, I think. Pastor Isaac, are we finishing at 2.20? Okay, yeah, I've got one more thing I wanna do, but I do wanna clear the altar. If you don't wanna move from the altar, that's all right, you can just sit. It's fine. Hey, who's just been blessed by the team this week? You guys are amazing. Can we give it up for Ben Warren all the way from Whanganui? Always willing to serve. We love you, Ben. Pati Tai from Wellington, Porirua. Yeah. Okay, and the last one. Uh, 
is, is Esther chapter four and verse 16. It's gonna come up. It says this, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. This is Esther speaking. Don't eat and drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then though it is against the law, I will go and see the king. If I must die, I must die. If we're talking about a new level of authority and a new rest, what it should result in is a new commitment, right? A new commitment, like that level of, that's next level of commitment. How many of you would die for your team? You're like, oh, I just give like a day for my team. I give like a midweek night and then Sunday, that's it. But I believe in Jesus' name. Who, who reckons we owe God that kind of commitment? We might not owe people, but we definitely owe God that kind of commitment. I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong to ask God to bless a business we're not committed to, to bless a marriage we're not committed to, to bless a team we're not committed to. I think that's weird. We want God to bless us like one of His saints, but we don't walk like one of His saints. Right? That's it. Yeah, you take that challenge in Jesus' name. I'm a nice person. Romans 12 says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy. Say living and holy. Say living and holy. Living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. The kind He will find acceptable. The kind He will find acceptable. Which means this, you might be able to set apart an offering to God but it doesn't mean he will accept it. <laughs> and you know, I think that might be where burnout comes from, where we offer up to God a sacrifice he never asked for, a sacrifice he never required from us, a sacrifice that he was like, oh, I. I love that you're giving your 50%, but what I asked for was 100. 50% will leave you in deception. 50% will leave you offended at your team. 50% will leave you in burnout. 100%, that'll leave you in the kingdom. That'll leave you with divine rest. And I pray you would give your whole selves just one thing and then I'm gonna close and finish. Um, Exodus 20 verse nine, it's old school, says this. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. Say work. Uh, and then Exodus nine verse one, uh, God says, He says, let my people go so they can worship. Say worship. And then uh, that's meant to be Joshua 24, 15. Moses climbed up, uh, Joshua 24, 15. That's the one that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, we will worship the Lord. Do you know in the Hebrew, worship, worship and work, all the same word. <laughs> Six days you work, the Hebrew word avoda. As for me and my house, we will worship the Lord, same word. So we don't separate work and worship. I know that, I know that like irritates us because we're like worship work hard, 
build your team, commit to every rehearsal, learn your songs, commit to your creative craft, be a genius, commit to the Word of God, commit to the disciplines of of what He has put on your life. I beg you to live a life that's worthy of your call. A new authority, a new rest requires a new commitment. If I must die, I must die. That's how I feel like when I'm on Revolution Tour. And I'm in a South Auckland school. And then I have to go into that school and impress those fifth form teenagers. Just before I go on the stage, that's kind of, if I must die, I must die. Let's do this, God. Come on, would you stand with me if you're saying, I'm keen for a new level of commitment. Jesus, We love you and I pray that we would be those creative people who would be able to not just live in authority to look like cute Christians, but we would be those who would live in new authority and new rest and with a new commitment, see a nation one and saved. In Jesus' name, amen.